When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. I'm Spencer Toon. I'm Keith McGuffey. And I'm Mike Templeton. And this week we're covering parts two, th- three, and four of City at War. <laughs> yeah, three, co- three comes after two. <laughs> yeah, so what happened is, is I accidentally typoed on my computer where I'm looking, and I wrote three twice. So I was like, part right. two, three. Issue, and- issue part three, three, and four. But yeah. yeah, my brain just stopped. <laughs> So it's 51, 2, and 3, parts 2, 3, and 4, right? Yes. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's not confusing at right, all. Right, right. It's a 13-part uh, story. It's going to get real confusing real fast. It's, I know. But you know what? These are pretty easy reads. Um, as someone who's reading, like, the City at War arc for the first time, like, it's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. There's not, like, a ton of text like there have has been in some of especially like the guest era issues like uh the one with savanti juliet like there was just a lot of talking and stuff but this is a lot of like action very minimal yeah. speech so it's easy to read through very them. very art heavy mm-hmm. which is like i said one of those things about mirage turtles that i love like it, it's one of those things where you read it and it just you know you're reading mirage turtles oh yeah uh yeah it's We'll we'll talk about it later, but yeah, like this is Jim Lawson, like definitely firing on all c- cylinders. Yeah, great storytelling yeah. art. You can tell he had fun with it too. Like he's he's on his game in these issues. Oh yeah, cool. So Spencer, you're starting us off this week. Yeah, well, let me all tell right. you a story. The ancient one did tell me a story. I think you guys would want to hear about Master Splinter's master, Hamato Yoshi. Well, let's hear it. City at War, part two. So these issues were written by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird, and the art is done by Jim Lawson. So I'm going to go ahead and just divide up the story by characters, each, you know, like I did last week, because I just have decided that I like summarizing these stories this way, since everyone is on their own separate path doing separate things. I, I did the same thing. I didn't think there was a way I could do it, just like going page by page. Like, yeah, I'm going to be all I'm over the page. place. Put me, put me down because I'm going, I'm going page by page. So, all right, all right, all right. So, the turtles Leo's having second thoughts about getting involved in the foot war. Raph thinks they should definitely be involved since it's kind of their fault. And also, I think he just really likes fighting people, especially foot ninjas. They go out to find the foot and then they hear something going on. They run over to check out what it is, and it's just teens kicking trash cans. They've been reduced to the neighborhood watch. Casey, Uh, we see a flashback he has while dozing at the wheel. He tried to make a move for April, but she refused and left. 
He got angry, then got in his car to follow her. He stops at a diner in Colorado, Goathead, Colorado, and meets Gabrielle, a waitress, or Gabrielle, however you want to say it. He gets jumped and his car is stolen, and then just outside the diner. And so then Gabrielle takes him to her place to help him clean up. April is in California with her sister. They go to a club and catch up. April doesn't really seem to be comfortable with partying and messing around. Uh, she's definitely a lot more responsible than her sister is, and it's kind of become pretty stoic. And her sister notices this and says something's up with her. Splinter meditates. The immigrant is in a body cast, and that's City War Part 2. All right, next up we have Team and T Volume 1. Issue 52, this is City at War Part 3, originally released in October of 1992. Story by Eastman Laird, script by Lawson and Laird, pencils by Lawson, inks by Keith Aiken, and letters by Mary Kelleher. So we open on a man with a briefcase waiting at a bus stop. He boards a bus and uses the laptop in his briefcase to look up an account for an electric bill. He changes the date so the account is overdue. This prompts a few workers to shut off power to a building where some foot soldiers were working on a robot. In Colorado, Casey's recovering in Gabriel's trailer. She leaves for work and he starts to call the police to report his stolen car, but hangs up prematurely. When she comes back, Casey has cleaned up the trailer and cooked dinner. Gabriel tells Casey she'd like him to stay and they share a kiss. In California, April's reading about the gang warfare in New York. She starts to flash back to the second time around store being burned down, but her sister interrupts because she wants to go clothes shopping. In the woods of Northampton, Splinter continues to meditate. He makes some tea, but becomes frustrated and bats it away. In Tokyo, some people are meeting in a boardroom talking about the gang war in New York. A woman confirms that it was, it was to their advantage to wait because there is weakness in chaos. We see the man involved in the explosion in issue 50 in the hospital. He's wrapped in bandages, but he's conscious and he's being helped up by a nurse. In New York, the turtles break up a mugging. Raph says this is a waste of time, but Leo thinks their path will become clear as they patrol New York. A van driven by foot soldiers pulls up and lets out a giant robot. The turtles attack it and are ambushed by the foot clan. The turtles defeat the robot, but two more robots show up along with some police. Now the turtles are surrounded by robots, foot soldiers, and cops, while the foot elite looks on from the rooftop above. The end. Great stuff. Picking right up off the heels of that is City at War Part 4, issue number 53, uh, originally published in November 1992. AC Farley on the cover, Kevin and Peter on story, Peter and Jim on the script, and Jim on the pencils. Master Splinter is still attempting to meditate in the woods of Northampton, Massachusetts, but his efforts like, once again prove futile. April and Robin get back from shopping, and April's not quite happy with her new California look and lifestyle. April again complains about the messy apartment and Robin tells her to, to stop acting like their mother. Casey wakes up in Gabby's bed only to find her missing. Casey gets up to find her and discovers that she's been throwing up in the bathroom. Gabby comes out and tells Casey that she's pregnant. Casey freaks out for a second and, let, and before Gabby lets him know that she's four months pregnant, so it can't possibly be his. Casey is shocked at first but it holds Gabby telling her he's not going to go anywhere. We cut back to the old immigrant man who's sitting up in his own bed having, a, having eaten a meal of fast food. 
Splinter's walking through the forest, troubled over his inability to concentrate. Meditation, the old wise rat thinks as he hikes, once the clear mirror of the soul, once the light shining on the path to enlightenment. Now the way is obscure. I meditate, but it brings no clarity. Now the path is chaotic, and I walk in darkness. Eventually, the sensei arrives at an old abandoned factory. The turtles are fighting the foot and the robots when Shredder's elite joins the fray. Inexplicably, the elite helps the turtles. As the battle wages, Leonardo eventually faces with the elite who evades the turtle, slays two more foot soldiers, and then drops a smoke bomb before he disappears. The police arrive as the violence escalates and innocent people are killed, but the smoke bomb allows the turtles to get away. The guys make it back to the sewers and reflect on what just happened. Leo worries that whatever's going on with the foot might be too dangerous for them to get involved with. We shouldn't even have to, we shouldn't have been there, muses Leo. What are you saying, Leo? Raph interjects. We were just fuel for the fire. We just helped escalate the, content, the conflict to get people killed. Leo, you can't know that, interrupts Don. Donnie, shut up, Leo growls. I know what I saw. Let me tell you, brothers. Whatever's going on, we are way in over our heads. Back in Japan, the businesswoman is watching a video of the recent turtle foot skirmish. The situation is at crisis levels. We should act immediately, her assistant states. I agree, the woman replies. Activate all units. It is time. Dun, dun, dun. Definitely ramping up. Oh, yeah. Well, let's talk about it in the second time around. Hey, nice junk. So Leonardo calls Raphael Marshall Dillon? Or someone calls him Marshall Dillon. Maybe That's it's not right. Dillon. I don't know what Who that is. Who is Marshall though. Dillon? <laughs> All right. As the old here of the group, Marshall Dillon. I can't remember. <laughs> uh, he's from Gunsmoke. That's it. And right. we know Kevin and Peter have a huge thing for gun smoke. So right. I knew it sounded familiar, but yeah, gun smoke, that's that's the reference. He's All the right. US Marshal of Dodge City, Kansas, who works to preserve law and order in the western frontier of the 1870s. So thanks, Wikipedia. Now I know. Uh when April and Robin are at the bar, uh the Lamans woman is Jim Lawson's uh character Guzzi Lamans. Uh, from Plastering Cafe number one. That's cool. There's a lot of uh, references to Plastering Cafe in these couple issues. Like if you look at issue 52, like both the newspaper that April is reading and the alley that the turtles were in when the robot attacks both have mm-hmm. ads for the Plastering Cafe opening, which again is yeah. their anthology series that they were working on at the same time. In fact, uh, in issue 53, because I have the original first printing comic of this one yeah joining the keith club over here uh (laughs) there is an ad for plastered cafe number one in uh the back of the issue man a lot of subliminal messaging going on in these issues trying to get you to buy plaster on cafe right they're really (laughs) excited for it seems like yeah Yeah. it only ran four issues but man they were excited for it i tell you yeah i know i i I wish that I had seen more from those uh, Plastron Cafe. Like, I know that there was some early, like, references to, um, like, The Last Ronin and stuff like that in them. 
some short stories that way that are, and some of them are in, are in uh, volume six of the ultimate collection. Mm. But there's like one of like Donatello. Uh, he's got like a different headband on. Anyway, yeah. on, fighting on a rooftop in one of them. I think it's in Plastron Cafe. I think you're right. I think because he's got the like the team and T Adventures costume on the wrestling costume. Yeah, it might, it like might a, be something a, like that. A full cap, like Rising Sun bandana and like a poncho uh-huh. kind of thing going on. Yeah, and he's fighting the Shredder. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I've seen screenshots of that. It looks pretty cool. Yeah, that one's not in Volume Six, but I did oh, see too bad. that. I did see screenshots of that somewhere. I think it was on Peter Laird's blog. Maybe I can't remember, but I know I saw it somewhere. <laughs> and I had to do something with the last Ronin. Cool. Uh, apparently, the youths that beat up Casey and steal his car are uh, modeled after uh, Eric Talbot and Steve Levine, according to Jim. Yeah. Hmm. And also, they made it cross country because they were at the bar that April and Robin are at <laughs> in California. Yeah. Another funny thing is that uh, the place where Casey Jones stops where, you know, Gabriel works is called Graham's Good Time Grill. Apparently, Graham is the name of Jim Lawson's son. Which Who had is just why been they, born. Which is oh, why it says, wow. Yeah, which is why it says dad approved yep. on the, <laughs> the billboard. That's awesome. Yeah. I, th- I thought that was super cute. I wonder yeah. why I said dad approved. I thought that was just like a cute diner joke. That's, that's adorable. I love yeah. it. Now I mean, is I, it you guys are you guys are saying Gabriel? I'm saying Gabriel. Well, he calls her Gabe for short, like G A B E. I mean, okay, I see that. Yeah, but like Gabriel is specifically like a boy version of that name. Yes, Sam. Sam, back to back for me again. Gabriel, Gabriel, Gabriel. Okay. Yeah, I'm calling, her, I'm calling her Gab. Okay. I got I got to work on my long well, A's apparently. But you but you are <laughs> but you are right. He does call her Gab. <laughs> but I think I to me that's like a Casey thing. Could calling be. her Gabe. Could be. Yeah, I'm not sure. But speaking of which, it is her first appearance uh, in this book. And it's also the first time we actually see Robin. Like we see April talking to her on the phone before this, like, but we never actually see Robin until this issue. This is the first issue we meet her. Oh yeah, is it? Yeah. In fifty one. Right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought. Oh, I, I thought. I thought we saw her across. Like I saw. I thought we cut to her in the last issue when we couldn't tell who was talking. But uh, yeah, I thought right. in forty eight, the lady on on the porch. I thought that was Robin. But no, it's April no, talking no, to Robin on the phone. A- oh, it's April it. the entire time. It just you just can't tell who's talking. Right. <laughs> I'll, I'll get in that in my anchovies. <laughs> okay. Um, speaking of other first appearances, 52 is the very first ever appearance of Karai. That's right. Yeah. She doesn't That's even have right. a name yet. She's got cool, think, cool earrings. She doesn't get a name. She doesn't get a name for a couple more issues, right? Like until oh. she shows up in New York. Yeah, probably I think that's not correct. Until she introduced, yeah, until she uh, runs into the turtles. Um, in issue fifty-two, we get some pictures from TurtleCon. If you remember, a couple episodes ago, they were having like a big anniversary convention, and uh, 
looks like they had a lot of fun. There's also a very bearded Peter Layer there. Like he's he's very shaggy. It's very disorienting. Peter with a beard. Peter with a beard. I'll put pictures on our Instagram. But man, he looks like he's having a good time. So cool, man. I want to see bearded Peter. Yeah. In the letters page, uh, someone asked how old the turtles are, and the creators say that as of issue forty-eight, they're sixteen years old. Which oh, wow. Doesn't make a lot of sense because if you remember back in issue seven, Splinter said they were 15 and a half years old. Yeah. They've definitely gone through at least two Christmases since then. So yeah. I was gonna say the- they 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 were in Northampton for more than a year. Yeah. But so like they gotta be pushing 17 at least. Then. Yeah, I did go back in issue one. Splinter says he's only been training them for 13 years. Oh, really? If you go by that, that makes a little more sense that it would be 16 now. Well, it they could had, be they that they've they you didn't two, train them for had, the first two years. So yeah, I was gonna say they had two off years. Yeah, though <laughs> they're infants. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like most turtles incarnations, like fifteen is kind of the age they all zero in on. Yeah, right yeah. around like there. uh, fif- like they were fifteen in the, in the first movie. Uh, twenty twelve, they're fifteen. Two thousand three, I don't know how old they are. That sounds about right. I, they're like they try to make them like old enough to be independent, but not old enough to drive a car yet. You know, like they're right in that gap. Yeah. yeah. And then like Rise, uh, Raph is the only one that's fifteen. And then fifty-two. Another thing about fifty-two is that uh, there's another Chet. Ref, there's another Chet in there. I a think Chet alert. Robin. There's a Chet alert. Robin says that there's a big sale at Mister Chet's. Yes. There's also when that robot's attacking the the vehicle towards the end. There's also there, a Chet's uh, department Chet's. store behind it. Yep. So uh, Chet Chet's doing really well in this universe. He is good old Chet, <laughs> who also is, apparently his name is Chet Chet because Mister Chet's. <laughs> oh goodness, you're right. It's a big sell at Mister Chet's. His name like is Mario, Chet Chet. like Mario Mario. Mario Mario and Luigi Mario. Yeah, Chet Chetterson. Chet Chet. <laughs> owns everything uh so where i live there is a chet's moving company they like move pianos and i I, like our our routes just line up when i go to work like i'm right behind them like three out of five days of the week i'm like oh my god i'm living in the mirage universe it's fantastic (laughs) if only (laughs) yeah man i also learned in the annotation that those robots that come out are called foot maulers Oh, that's an awesome name. Yeah, it's either Peter Lloyd or Kevin that officially like calls it a foot mauler uh, in the annotation. All right, that is a pretty good name, yeah. Where, I love, where did I love the design for them come from, though? Peter designed them. No, I, no, I, know, I yeah. know like Peter designed them, like in real world, yes. I'm talking about like in the comics. Oh, in the comics? Like, it's do, the... They, do they explain like who designed and built these? Because this is like, they look very like, Utromian. Yeah, it's yeah. just the. Uh, I mean, that just might be the way Peter Laird draws robots. Is just Utromian. <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, but. no, that's fair because like it's very like you know not Utromian, but it's, it's very reminiscent of Fugitoid. Yeah, and Honeycut. Like it's 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 that kind of organic, you know, very round robot. Yeah, yeah. I think it is though, just built by a faction of the Foot Clan. Yeah, gotcha. there's like there's. There's like at least like it's, it's four like factions we're looking at here. There's like Karai's faction. There's the Foot Elite faction. There's a faction with the robots. 
and then there's another faction. Yeah, the crazy guys from a couple issues ago. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and Those and them. Are... So there's at least five. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But there's so Peter Laird. Uh, I distinguished, uh, I think four in the annotation. There's the tech division that built the robots. There's the grunt division, which are just the grunts that you see in the normal foot ninja costumes running around with the robots. There's the foot elite. And then I think he also said the foot accountant is what he called him. I don't know if there's a whole accountant's division or maybe if he's with the grunts, not sure. That was the guy on the bus with the laptop, right? With, yeah, he just calls him a it's, foot accountant. It's very, well, because it's, okay. So as an accountant, uh, that is like super old accounting, like laptop software. Yeah. <laughs> like, I like super old 80s stuff that could like the, because it's got like a little antenna on it to kind of connect to a signal. Um and like the way you tap it, I, I forget exactly how it works, but it's an actual like old accountant's computer. And it was specifically like a laptop only for accounting. So oh, it was really? like, they, they had like suitcase computers at that time too. It wasn't just a... That, that is a real adventure. Wow. Yeah. Because suitcase laptops were around the 80s, I believe, or like very late in the 80s, but... Yeah, like wireless technology was kind of around in the 80s. It was all radio. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's not, it's not like Wi-Fi. Um, it's, it, I mean, it, it was around back then. And then also yeah. like, we're in the early 90s. Like, we're, this is 1992. Like, mm-hmm. we're a couple, we're like, you know, AOL's a couple years from now. So like, we're, a- getting, we're getting to modern internet. Is there a Ninja Turtles story where they're just like flooded with AOL discs? <laughs> like like just washing in the sewers. Just washing just around becoming, in the sewers. Becoming a nuisance to the turtles. I'm sure Peter is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure Peter's thought about that story. What's AOL? Oh, you just kidding. <laughs> child. I'm just kidding. I, I remember know, getting AOL ads with the uh with like the i think we got like the muppets like a muppets dvd in our cereal box <laughs> at one point and it had like a thing for aol anyway. man that's that's some that's some branding there like buy the cereal get the muppets dvd get AOL. yeah that'll, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah there that'll was take me back yeah. yeah no there was cereal that we'd get when i was a young young kid that yeah, had like a muppets dvd i think it's muppets take manhattan and we got another one that had like a bear in the big blue house DVD at some point. Yeah. Goodness gracious. Did not get as watched as, as Muppets Take Manhattan did. But yeah, uh, DVDs and cereal. What a time to be alive. Okay, so uh, issue 53. Um, now, spoiler alert for volume four. Um, is, the, is this kid Shadow? That Gabby's kid is Shadow? Yes. Okay, because like I remember hearing about Shadow, and then like they were like, "Oh, like it's Casey's daughter, but not her, not his daughter." Mm-hmm. And you so, actually okay. you meet her dad in Volume Three too. Oh, okay. So, yeah, she's yeah. So then, what happens to Gabby? If I can be spoiled, you'll have to see, man. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Just just yep. enjoy the story. All right, fine. <laughs> um. In the opening editorial of this, uh, Peter and Kevin kind of 
they're trying to get their comic book empire back online, right? So they're talking about this new Mirage universe they're going to do, and they have all these new titles they're going to get. So Usagi Ojimbo is coming to Mirage. Um, you'll remember they had the Space Usagi miniseries. Now Usagi Ojimbo is officially there. Um, yep. It's going to last 16 issues at uh, Mirage. Jim Lawson's going to be doing a book called Dino Island that ran for two issues. Uh, AC Farley's got Teen Dragon Fighters, which looks like it was never published. Uh, Michael Dooney has an ad in this book for Xenotech, which I think ran for three issues. And then Peter Laird is going to be doing a story called Stupid Heroes, which uh, lasted for three issues. So very short-lived run of the Mirage universe, but fact, cool that they're in, like trying to make it happen. In the back of issue uh, 53 here, uh, we do have like a full page ad for Xenotech um, and Usagi Ujimbo. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Xenotech looks just exactly like Young Bloods, though. Oh, yeah. Abs <laughs> like, absolutely. Yeah. Just like, I'm pretty sure Bad Rock is in it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm looking at, I'm looking at Bad Rock right there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, kind of, it kind of, um, uh, kind of young blood kind of like gen 13 like before gen 13 was a thing oh yeah it's totally just i mean 90s image comic all the way absolutely absolutely man it's just too bad that the mirage like universe didn't kick like didn't take off kind of bummed about that it, yeah. i don't like i don't know if i would want a mirage universe though like because it seems like all these guys have such different ideas of how this world works uh -huh. for, for turtles. And it's like the turtles are only kind of special because they're the only like real superheroes. Like it's one of the reasons I don't like nobody. Um, and like even um, God, I can't remember her name now. Radical. Like, mm -hmm. It's one of the reasons I don't like I like radical, but I don't like radical because like I it's having this wider universe of other heroes like getting added into it, like I don't know. Yeah, it, it seems like too if, it, it wasn't clear that they were all gonna be like the same continuity because like Usagi takes place like centuries ago, but a lot of the other ones look like future stories. So yeah, it was just like they were just trying to call it the Mirage universe like the image universe where it's just like they, they kind of all are under, under the same company, but don't necessarily interact with each other. See, like if that was the case, then yeah, like that's, that's what I'm talking about. Like, but if it's like a shared universe, like Usagi doesn't work because Usagi is a world of anthropomorphic. Usagi is a world of anthropomorphic animals. Yeah. So it's like that already kind of defeats the turtles. Like main thing is that they can't be above ground. Right. Like, yeah, it's, I like, I, I would have loved to see a Mirage universe in the sense that like, I would love to have seen Mirage become Image Comics or, you know, Dark Horse or that big of a company. Mm -hmm. But like having a multi, like stacked universe like this, like with those kind of characters, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of sad too, because it, like it kind of just limps along and dies this really slow death. Because like we still have another, we still have the rest of this story and then like another year of Jim Lawson's volume two. And then they kind of sell it all to image for a little bit or license it to image. Like I said, I mean, like if you heard the, the number of issues that were published from this whole initiative, it was like Usagi got 16 and everything else combined got like seven issues. So Yeah. 
I mean, and that's that's kind of the problem with Mirage. Is like they started this company around turtles, and it's like they they poured everything into turtles, and at that point, like that's all anybody cared about with Mirage. Mm-hmm. Like Yusagi, really Yusagi at least had been had been a thing before Mirage. Like, so like Yusagi kind of had that baked in already, but like Mirage, like even even today, like just kind of watching, like if you just go to Mirage licensing website, like it's it's just kind of sad how like you know these are the guys that created Turtles and it just kind of died this slow death. Mm-hmm. Like it's still kind of dying. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, Spencer, what do you got from the annotations for this one? I'm excited to hear. Uh, I didn't actually really have anything for the annotations. The only thing I really have, because I don't know if they really said that much in them that was like fun facts, but uh, there just did seem to be a lot of statements in this issue on the wacky fashion of the time. (laughs) Yeah, like they they talked, they talked about April's outfit, like how it, how it's like, it hasn't aged very well. And honestly, I think it looks great. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like tie-dye shorts and a, a crop top or something, right? Like, yeah, yeah like it's a hundred percent something like I've seen people wear nowadays. Mm-hmm. Or like the fly girls on in living color. Like it's it's that outfit. Wow, Keith. But, that's yeah. a reference. Who's the old one now? <laughs> who's who's the old man now? <laughs> but the thing is though, is like the 90s are kind of coming back in, in fashion. Well, they, they already have really. Like we've already well, yeah, taken a lot year, from the 30 year cycle. So yeah. No, like like people who grew up in the 90s are now the ones creating movies and contents and, and content and stuff now. And so now it's you know re-entering uh our current what, what we've got going on. The pop the culture zeitgeist. cycle. Yeah. The pop culture zeitgeist cycle. Okay. So Mike, you liked uh April's outfit. Should we talk about other things that we like? I think we should, but after the anchovies. Oh, that's yeah. right. Oh my god. <laughs> Let me, take take it from the top. So Mike, you liked uh April's yeah. outfit, but can we talk about some of the things we don't like about these issues? I don't know. I kind of want to leave that other take. <laughs> <laughs> let's just do it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Someone say anchovies and let's do it. Anchovies. anchovies. Nobody likes anchovies. Man, that was like the best segue yeah. I've ever had. It was Spencer, for the wrong Spen- section. <laughs> it really was. Uh, Spencer, just leave all this in. It's great. Yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> uh, as far as things I didn't like, and this, this is just kind of all over all three issues, is that it's, it, it is a little wordless and it still is a little hard to follow what's going on exactly. Um, I still don't get the case with the immigrant. Yeah. Me neither. Yeah. I, I think uh, it's like I like we said last time, I think it's just like an allegory, like a like that comic inside the comic of Watchmen, you know. But it's like, but it okay, but so going back to that example, like that at least told you like something and that would and that kind of paralleled what was going on in the story at the time. Like this doesn't parallel anything. No, it, yeah, it's like, just inter it's just intercut. Yeah, it's only one panel per issue too. Like we just see him like sitting there in bandages, yeah. sitting and up. I, okay, and, eating, and I'm like, and I'm know. sure it, I'm. Please tell me it builds to something because I'm going to be incredibly pissed if it doesn't. 
I mean, oh, no. <laughs> like, like I said before, every time I read this, I kind of just ignore that guy and I've never had a problem oh, understanding no. the story. So maybe it does build to something, but I don't believe that it does. Yeah. So. No, it, it's one point or another in this book. Uh, Peter does say that he kind of wishes like in, in the annotation, I remember him saying something about how he kind of wishes they didn't include him throughout the whole story. <laughs> mm. That, uh, he doesn't think it's a good idea. <laughs> it translates super well. It just—it's not that it's not even that it doesn't translate super well. It's that there's nothing to translate. Yeah, exactly. No, like it's like, well, because you'll see him gradually heal. I guess as it goes on. Spoiler alert: uh, he'll eventually heal and be able to leave the hospital. So you know, as we see, okay, these characters... does he leave? Does he leave the hospital as the turtles win? And then, and then that he's New York, showing that New York is being damaged and I hurt. can't, I can't remember exactly, but definitely, I think he's just supposed to be like. <laughs> or am I making it way deeper than it actually is? You're probably I think making you're, it deeper than it actually is. I think so. you're making it as deep as they wanted it to be, <laughs> but not necessarily as deep as it is. See, it's yeah. like, Does that okay, make sense? It's like, and I'm and I'm just spitballing that, like. Yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> I I agree with Peter. Like they probably should have just cut him out, or yep. or done, or just at least make him say something. That's true. He, he hasn't, hasn't talked he, this whole time. Yeah, he hasn't talked this whole time. I'm mm. pretty sure he won't ever talk. <laughs> Dang, it's been a year since I read it. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah it's that's even more annoying. Yeah, it's it's only one panel per issue, though. Don't worry. Don't give too it, much time. It doesn't doesn't hurt. It, you know, <laughs> it takes up page real estate. <laughs> i'll say my my big anchovy with issue 51 and it goes to the next two as well is that jim lawson really only draws one type of woman's face which hasn't uh, been yes. has not been an issue up to this point but now there's three main characters who are female and it's like really obvious that they all look like april o'neill uh, and to, and to be honest look at their hair it's like anime yeah look at their hair yeah exactly exactly well, that's the only to be honest to, to be honest to be honest, Casey kind of has the same face too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, True. and you're right. You have to look at the hair. Like if Casey, if you look at Casey's face in a lineup, he, sure. He's the only one not wearing lipstick, but yeah. like all three of them are the same face. Like they're all rectangles. Mm-hmm. They're all just bland rectangles. And it's, it's not a dig at Jim Lawson. Like, because there's a lot in here that Jim Lawson just absolutely nails. Like, like I think I think this is some of his best turtle work now. Like I, I know I've said that before in previous issues, but like this is like that kind of pre-modern Jim Lawson where he's kind of evolving into his like volume four style. Yeah. And like and like Tales of the TMNT Volume Two style. Like this is great. Like I like everything that he's drawing there, but but you're right like april her sister gabby and casey like all look like the same person yeah i'm sure like if i look back the guys that look like steve levine and was that eric talbot probably look the same except for the no, hair too right <laughs> no that no they look they actually look very specific because they're oh, based yeah. on because they're based on specific people hmm. so like th- so they stood out to me as like why do they look so different yeah, I think some of it is like, you know, they tried to make April and her sister look similar because they're siblings, you know. But the other thing is we don't have an established look for any of those characters for him to even go off of. You know, like April, like her, the way she looks changes from like issue to issue, you know, going back from the first 
Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Like, you know, the whole, that whole April debate, like, yeah, April doesn't have a defined design. So like, she's kind of all over the place, but like Robin, okay. Like, yeah, that's her sister. So yeah, she'll kind of look like April, but Gabby's like, yeah, no, Gabby's a whole nother story. Gabby's a whole nother story. Yeah. You know, you can go anywhere with that. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, and that's a criticism I have of a lot of comic book artists anyway. It's just less, like they only figure out how to draw one woman's face and then just add different hair to it every time. But yeah. it's especially noticeable here because we have three main characters who are all women, <laughs> Jay Scott and they all Campbell. look exactly the same. <laughs> yeah, Jay Scott Campbell. Yep, exactly. You got it. Yeah. I actually don't have any anchovies for 51 personally. Like for me, it was just a solid issue. Cool. What about 52 for you, Spence? 52. So my issue kind of shows up here when, like, it's like, why is Splinter upset? Like, there's kind of, like, an exclamation point above his wrist. And so maybe he's got, like, arthritis or something because he's getting old. And so, like, you know, maybe his arthritis is acting up. And, like, because he's already off kilter, that just takes him over the top. And that's why he smacks his tea away. Uh, like there's some sort of like exclamation point or question mark kind of over his wrist as he's doing it. It's like, that's the only thing I can come up with kind of what's going on. But at the Mm. same time, in the following issue in 53, we start actually getting like more information about Splinter and like what he's been up to and like what's going on there with background, uh, you know, with with the narration going on in the background. So it kind of does help clarify that he's trying to meditate and is trying to like i guess find direction for his life now because he's been in a rut and he can't quite get there yeah i never thought of the arthritis angle because yeah he does like it's almost like he winces or something while he's making his tea yeah that's a that's an interesting okay yeah okay i can see that i was just i was just chalked up to like the struggle of trying to find enlightenment that he's just getting He's at that point where he's getting frustrated with it because he's tried it for so long and so hard and it's just not working. But yeah. Yeah. It it um, just it it just seems weird to me that like I I get the whole like trying to find an enlightenment thing, and that's kind of like a cliche thing that they do for old old masters yeah. type characters. But like we've seen Splinter like astral project and you know, he's got psychic powers and stuff like to to have splinter try and find enlightenment after seeing him do the other things that we've seen him do it 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 feels like a step backward a little bit like it feels like those are powers he should have unlocked by finding enlightenment but like you know we got to see what it means to go beyond (laughs) yes supernatural but like supernatural spiritual oneness I, I like I get that like like he can unlock his ninpo or something but like it's 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 not spelled out very well for someone like me to, to read. Like, yeah, especially because the only dialogue we've had from him is the, uh, the wincing of a wrist and damn, <laughs> like we have yeah. no idea what's going on. His head and otherwise, and so. when he tells April to leave, yeah, like yeah. that's it. That's all he said in the past four issues that we've read. Yeah, well and, that's. That's why issue 53, like, finally, like, fills us in, you know. I and, feel like this and, whole and time we're does, supposed to ask, what's going on? Yeah, I mean, and it, and it does, and it doesn't at the same time. Like, it's looking, like, reading what he was saying, like, it, it kind of just comes off as a lot. Like I said, like, 
kind of that old tropey ninja master, you know, speak mm-hmm. mystic master. Like it, it, it doesn't, it, it says a lot, but doesn't say anything mm-hmm. kind of, kind of dialogue. Yeah. yeah. This story gets good. The next couple issues though. Yeah. I wanted to yeah. like, I, I want to like the splinter, like, but he, but throughout the entire run, like, he hasn't done anything. And I was actually, I talked about this on Reddit the other day um, in the in the Turtle subreddit. Like people were asking like what's Splinter's relationship? And I'm like, in Mirage, he kind of just doesn't know what to do with the turtles. After after they kill Shredder in the first issue, he's just kind of like, ah, crap, I didn't plan for this. Yeah, I had read something like that earlier that was like, you know, Splinter technically sent his kids off to die like he didn't expect them to come back from yeah like shredder. he like he definitely uh, sent them off to die and then yeah. like when they kill shredder he's like oh oh crap <laughs> yeah. i don't know plan, i never i didn't I never, plan for this contingency yeah i had never thought that before but reading that i'm like wow that, i mean like i don't uh, think he, that's an I, interesting I take you know i don't yeah like i don't think that's canon that he sent them off to die like i'm sure he no. sent them off to go win but yeah. i think it i think it absolutely is true that he didn't plan on them winning or like know. he just did or or he just didn't have a plan for afterward yeah and I, so like, i believe if, that because even eastman later didn't have a plan for them afterwards <laughs> well i mean we talked about it before they didn't have a plan for anything until like yeah. issue 14 <laughs> you know so like i would i would have loved to see splinter struggle be more about like finding his place you know now that revenge has been like he's have him like struggle with revenge like you know we always hear you know like it's always that trope in stories like oh killing him isn't gonna make you feel better like taking your revenge is yeah sure but like you're not gonna be healed by taking that revenge and that would have been a cool angle for this splinter to take Mm -hmm. like you know yeah he's hated he's hated shredder since he killed tomato yoshi but it's like you know he he was he's a rat man like he doesn't have like he doesn't have a human processing of like emotion and stuff and like that would have been a cool angle remember rolling on part four of 13 okay so i'm I'm talking out of my ass but 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 you see where i'm going i'm not saying that like all of your answers your questions will be answered but like he, he does have a good story coming up at least but yeah I, I think you're right like they haven't really touched they haven't really touched splinter at all since like issue 10 it seems like so yeah, exactly yeah and then like when he had like those those psychic powers uh a couple issues ago like when uh what's his face came back hattori mm-hmm. my my big i have one anchovy for issue 52 and that's that casey calls his food the CJ special. The CJ. I knew. I, I read it and I was like, "Keep's gonna say." This. <laughs> I, I read it and I knew. I don't I knew. know why. Like, I'm just flooded with CJ suddenly. Like, I've never heard anyone call Casey Jones CJ, and this is like the the fifth time in the last four episodes someone's called him, or fourth time in the last five <laughs> episodes someone's called him CJ. Yeah. I don't understand it. It's driving me nuts, guys. It's all right. I'm pretty sure it'll disappear after the like this last CJ. Thank goodness. Uh, if it comes back, I'm quitting. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it'll only maybe reappear in the 87 series. That's where I'm iffy. There's oh, only yeah. like four more episodes or, you know, three more episodes or so left of him in the 87 series. So. That's true. I'll hedge my bets. 
my one other anchovy that's here in this issue is that, yeah, like I, I mentioned in the second time around that Peter's notes say that there are the foot robots are specifically built by the tech faction. Uh, he also mentions an elite faction. So you mean the foot it, tech ninjas? Not quite, but yes, <laughs> but no. But I wish there was like a little bit more to like, I don't know, lay them out or distinguish them for us. I mean, I guess we already kind of get them distinguished because, you know, foot grunts have their uniform and, you know, the tech faction very much, you know, has their look and stuff that we've seen in sort of the elites. But like, okay, so I guess to establish I, those as the factions mm-hmm. so that we I, know. I kind of thought that the, that the foot tech people, like, weren't those the cops? No, the cops are the cops. I know, but like, like that's you're right. Like, that's what I'm saying is like I couldn't tell who was who. Yeah, so I, I thought like the I thought the cops showing up, like I know the cops show up at one point, but I thought like I think I thought the foot tech ninjas were the cops. Oh, at one point. Yeah, it's tough because like that robot is like killing other foot soldiers, but like all the foot soldiers are wearing the same uniform. It seems like. So I don't know, like, usually you do, like, shirts and, and skins, but, like, the foot soldiers don't appear to be doing that. They just, yeah. like, I don't know how they're discriminating between each other. That's the thing is, as far as I know, like, all those ninjas are just the grunts. And so, like, that's a faction. Yeah. Like, even, so, like, when they drive up with the robot, like, there's two or three foot soldiers in the car. Oh, there is the yeah. car with them. Yeah. So there's yeah. some grunts with them. So that's the grunts aren't a faction. Because, like, so, like, the grunts, like, help unload one of the football. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I guess that's kind of my issue is it's hard to distinguish, like I said, the factions and completely. Uh, that's why but, I say like there's there's at least like four factions, but like we never really get a solid number. It's just like complete chaos. You know? Yeah. Now, I mean, which is cool. Like I like that there's just so much chaos that like everyone's like I don't know who's fighting who. They mm-hmm. all look like the same people. Yeah. Um, even the even the the ninja. Tur- Girls are like, oh wait, the foot's killing each other. What's going on? You yeah, know? probably because I switched back to reading the black and white issues. For the first one. Um, oh. it color corrected in the color classics? Do we know? Uh, in the color classics, all the foot soldiers are colored the same. They they have like a purple shirt and uh, sleeveless arms. That's even more confusing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my last anchovy is I really did not like Splinter's very human hairy feet like there was a there was a couple close-ups of (laughs) splinter's feet walking through the forest and jim lawson for some reason just went to town on drawing his feet it was gross (laughs) how many times have we really seen splinter's feet you know (laughs) i mean a lot like i mean more more than you think especially like the 87 version he doesn't have the budget limitations that the third movie did. He can show the feet, so he's taken full advantage of it. I mean, right. So, like, the mo- movie Splinter, we barely see his feet, but, like, it, okay, we're, gonna, we're talking about feet. <laughs> so, uh, like, Splinter, like, in the, in the 87 cartoon, like, you know, we know he has, like, those rat bandages on his feet and stuff, and he's got very rat-like feet. But, like, here, they're, like, very human feet. Mm-hmm. Just hairy. Well, He's immune. <laughs> yeah, it's gross. Uh, yeah, I, I agree they're gross, but I don't have a good answer for you. 
Hey. Either. Well, is that it for anchovies? That's it for anchovies. Let's talk about stuff we like. Oh, I love being a turtle. All right. So, broken record here. These covers. <laughs> oh, my goodness. The I would be remiss movies. if we didn't talk about the covers every single episode. Holy cow. Yeah, like, the <laughs> first one is one of my favorites. Like, them perched on the neighborhood watch sign for that, like, the neighborhood watch issue, number two, mm-hmm. uh, part two. Like, just them all over the sign kind of standing around, and, like, it's in the middle and says neighborhood watch. It's probably one of my favorite covers uh, from any of these. Uh, it's I could frame that and put it somewhere in my house if I ever. Well, it it ties into the story too because at the end they mentioned they've been reduced to the neighborhood watch. Exactly. You get that on the you get that on the cover. Yeah. I really like the cover for the next issue because it's like it's all of it's all the foot soldiers fighting the Ninja Turtles. They're like shooting guns at them and stuff. And there's a giant robot in the middle just tearing the place up. And like only Ninja Turtles is bonkers enough to get away with that on the cover, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's insane. And then 53 has the blood red cover with like the freaking huge foot elite ninja. Yeah. It's fantastic. It just, it's. That is a really cool cover. Yeah. Like a, like that, that is a very cool Farley cover. And I'm super glad I have that original issue. Cause like I'm, I'm looking at it right now and it's like, it is super cool. Gorgeous. I never noticed that he's got like very very defined lips <laughs> and like his nipple is right there for us to see oh yeah no the, the dude is is freaking huge he's swole and dripping in blood yeah. but if you're into that yeah it is it is a really cool cover 53 is no slouch though either though like 53 like with the foot mauler there and like you know the turtles jumping around like the foot mauler's got a foot soldier by the head in its hand yeah <laughs> It's yeah. super cool. There's a part and in I, 51. I just, sorry, I just, I just noticed that the uh, street corner that they're fighting on is the corner of Trouble and Strife. Oh, awesome. oh really? <laughs> on, on the cover of 52. Subtle. Man, that's... What a great... I found it funny in issue 51. Uh, Don says that something sucks. Michelangelo's like, oh, Don, what language? And then the next words out of Michelangelo's mouth are like, what the hell are we doing here? It's like, yeah. Why get out of Dawn for that? <laughs> I mean, I, I actually I didn't bring it up in the second time around, but I was thinking, like, I mean, wasn't kind of saying sucks like considered stronger language in the 80s? Like now it's like whatever, but isn't it like wasn't it like kind of was it slightly worse then? I don't know. I don't know I, 90s, I guess it's the 90s, huh? At this point. I was barely talking at the time, so I couldn't tell you. I don't know. I remember like being in in elementary school and like some people really not liking when people said things sucked, you know, teachers and stuff. Mm -hmm. But like now it's just commonplace. Anyway, right. I think they get onto you for that. So you don't, you know, that's that's a gateway curse. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) So one of the things that I really liked is the turtles being lost and they get there and unsure of what to do. Like yeah, it's, like I, I kind of like how they just jump in thinking, thinking that they know what they're gonna do, and then just like immediately like screw up. Yeah, yeah. They have no, no idea. Not, not necessarily screw up, but like get in very much over their heads. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, like they're struggling to find the foot at first, and they they don't know what they're doing, and then very quickly, I guess this kind of goes into issue fifty three. 
everything just like turns into like chaos and it's it's absolute chaos and it's drawn really well and it makes you feel lost and stuff as you read it and it's really really cool yeah i love raf's and leo's like back and forth where leo's like you know our path will become clear and Raph's like you know some of us prefer lateral thinking instead of just whatever zen buddhist thing you're doing and then it leads into 53 and in issue 53 like that issue's bonkers like it literally rains blood in that issue like yes yeah. complete chaos it's fantastic though yeah no i like i said i love looking at just the pure chaos and like going you know bouncing around i guess it's still issue 53 during that fight because that that street brawl was amazing you know because you're just lost in the sea of foot ninjas and robots and yeah and turtles fighting as well and lawson like he does some weird stuff like there's a part where that foot elite does a backflip and it's kind of hard to follow because like going down the side of a page mm-hmm. but like he's really got a knack for laying out some of this stuff like like kevin eastman's the king of it but he's like the duke of it you know he's he's really good at it, it it's really easy to follow yeah and i mean i i think he does I think Jim Lawson does a lot better with uh, less words than most artists do. Like he, he says a lot through the picture, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he's like I said before, and it's something that Peter actually says as well, a lot in the commentary. So I guess I can't steal a total credit. <laughs> so I don't steal total credit for this thought, but he's very good at story telling a story with his art. Very yeah. good at storytelling art. Um, I really loved in issue 52 uh when the news article calls like the foot the feet they don't really know like yeah what's going on i noticed that yeah yeah that's pretty funny (laughs) i kind of didn't like that because like i don't know like it 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 seems like something that's something they would have fact checked for this faction that's terrorizing new york city like maybe a small town news like would have gotten it wrong but like this is freaking new york and new york is under siege like, I kind of feel like they would have gotten the name right. Yeah. I don't know, like, where they would have gotten the name because the only lead they have is 27 dead bodies, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, unless they left a, like, unless they left a calling card and then, like, okay, maybe the, like, the Foot Ninja had, like, the Foot logo, which I don't think we've really seen any of the Foot Ninja have the Foot, like, have a Foot logo. Like it's usually so. just the it's mm-hmm. usually just the uniform. I haven't seen like you know the trident that they use from like 2003 and certain versions um or like just the traditional foot logo. Give me just a sec cuz I think it is an issue one. But yeah, I don't know. For me I I like it. I don't know. I feel like the news never totally gets everything really all the way right and so it's just a funny detail. Uh, that just made me laugh as well as just yeah them being like oh they're the you know some sort of asian gang uh the feet i mean because like even even the first movie like treats it like they're um like even the first movie kind of treats it like oh like you know we've asked japanese immigrants if they know what what's going on yeah so like it's just as well as the i don't know it helps also bring out the point that it's a very secretive organization you know, even right. though they have massive gang wars, you know, a massive gang war is going on in the middle of the city that's killing people. Like, it's still kept pretty well under wraps. Like, they can't even get all the details straight on the story because it's... Yeah. So there, there is a Foot Clan logo of some sort. Let me hold this up for you. This is from issue one. You see, it's, it's actually a, a human foot with two swords crossing it. 
Oh, there you go. Yeah. But I haven't I haven't seen that since this issue, I don't think. Yeah. It's it's when they're talking about Saki moving up in the ranks of the Foot Clan. And I don't think the foot soldiers themselves like you know the cartoon they have a foot on their forehead, but I don't think they have anything like that in the comics. That's what I'm saying. Like in yeah. the comics, they don't they don't have anything. They don't even have the dragon doji. Right. You know. So how so going back to what we were saying, how would the news know that they're called the foot or the feet? Like how would they even get close to the foot at that point if they don't know? Like there's no identifying symbols, there's no anything. And maybe someone had their calling card in their pocket. Which okay, which is another thing is like so so we see in issue 53 like the foot have a business building in Japan like the foot are an organ are, are an organization and any you know intrepid ravishing news reporter would be able to put that together that you know hey like there's a bunch of ninjas here in New York calling themselves the foot there's a there's a corporation in Japan called the foot yeah i mean we don't really this know the details but it's also pre internet and I mean, no, as we established, there is an internet by now. It was it, true. It's pretty like good internet though. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 you, it's, I mean, you're not, you're not just going to Google and typing in. Yeah. Feet, it's pre Google, which, yeah. which don't even today don't go to Google and type in feet. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. But it's, I think it's just, it's just a cute joke though. It makes yeah. me smile a little it, bit. It is. It is a cute joke. It's just, it, it's just that's a joke I didn't care for. All right. Well, they also thought the joke was funny when uh, uh, Casey talks about learning uh, dinner, well, learning how to make this food that he made for Gabriel from from his friend Splinter, and that they never let him cook though because he always gets hair in the food. <laughs> <laughs> that like that, funny one, that was funny. <laughs> that's a cute one. Yeah, I like that. And the final thing that I really love from this issue robots <laughs> man the design of those robots is insane i love it yeah like i was saying yeah it is a really cool design for a robot and they don't they don't just have like legs and arm they also have like like inset claw scythe things in the midsection they're like a separate appendage it's really cool grab people's heads and squash them like grapes like <laughs> yeah oh man that tech division i think they knew what they were doing right yeah but I have Peter Laird robots always just feel very unique and very Peter Laird, but at the same time, always look cool. And like, like Mike was saying, have that kind of organic look and feel to them. Totally and agree. It's, it's always just great to see them create a new one. Cool. That's all I got for these issues. Same I've got, here. Like, okay. these were, oh, okay. I've got a little bit more for 53. Oh, keep, keep going, man. I, <laughs> so I can see you I could sit here all night and talk about these issues. I, yeah. They're really good. We're really I, building to something great, too. You know. Yeah. I, I really like the irony of the innocent bystander that gets killed. You can kind of tell he's a young man, but he also has a Carpe Diem sweatshirt on. I Okay, so I forgot to mention, yeah, like, that that was a, such a good panel of, like, they the turtles run. Like, we see him on the corner before the fight breaks out. Uh-huh. And, and then, 52. like... And then after the turtles run away, he's like on the ground with like a pole like through him, like he's been stabbed in the gut. And Leo's just looking at him. 
Yeah. And the, and then the turtles still leave. Like yeah, then they just have to like pull. And yeah, it gets it's super powerful. And it's like, like I said, he's got the carpe diem sweatshirt on, which if anyone doesn't know what that means, it's YOLO before YOLO existed. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's the best description. That was that was a good description. Yeah. You know, it's like it's I think it's Latin, isn't it? And it means like seize, seize the, the day. day. Yeah. yeah. Uh seize the day. And so, you know, it's very much a, a young person. Must have been a big Newsies fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those Romans love Newsies. Yeah, it gets like I said, the irony that's there is makes it like that much more powerful. And it's it's a really cool scene. Yeah. And then I also just love the development of Casey and Gabe's relationship through this. Uh, through this story like right now i love it before i love it like it just kind of feels like maybe it doesn't it, maybe it's a little rushed i guess but i mean such as it is in all movies and storytelling but <laughs> i feel like true but it, it does feel like it's like kind of slowly building and it's really cool to see casey like grow up and like actually be good in a relationship and like actually be responsible and try to to help out and so like yeah you, like you're starting to see his character develop a whole lot i think it's yeah. it's one of my like i said my one of my favorite things in the story is this random romance story on the side of <laughs> ninjas fighting each other in new york and squashing each other with robots is this romance between casey and gabe and getting to see casey's character develop in, in this throughout this whole series it's really really cool yeah it's come a long way from trying to murder purse snatchers yeah <laughs> That's all I got for for everything for these issues. But I'm excited to, to read the next ones. So should we hurry and talk about some news then? Uh, yeah, it's been a big think week. We should. This is April O'Neil of Channel Six. Spencer, do you have any news to go first? Um. Well, I you know I guess I'll I'll steal it. Uh, I'll be the one to be able to announce it. April has been announced as a playable <laughs> character for Shredder's Revenge. Oh, I was going to do it. Oh, sorry. I thought you may have anything else. No, but like Spencer said, uh, April O'Neil has been announced. Uh, so we knew that at Gamescom, uh, they were going to do some news drop for uh, Shredder's Revenge. And I literally just happened to turn into the, to the Twitch stream like minutes before the reveal started. Um, so... Like I got to watch it live and my just, I like fizz pumped in the air when it like did that cross section of all, of all four turtles. And then like the screen extended a little bit and then it went yellow and then April popped up uh, and it was super cool. So April has been added to the beat em up game, Shredder's Revenge. Um, and just like everything that she does is like super cool and fun. And I actually got a chance to talk with the uh, one of the developers and the sprite artist um, over in the Shredder's Revenge Discord yesterday, where I got to ask him like a couple questions about about April, um, like where the move sets were inspired by um, and stuff like that. And uh, it turns out a lot of her move set is inspired by like other fighting game characters like Chun Li. Like she specifically does Chun Li's like uh, up air uh, triple kick um and like cammy from street fighters like her down her down spike uh her uh cannon strike is the down one spike is up strike is down um like and then she does 
I, I originally thought it was uh, Asuka from Tournament Fighters. I thought it was the Asuka butt bump. Turns out it is Armika from Street Fighters butt bump. That was kind of oh. an unintentional reference. I thought maybe it was a Princess Peach one. Why? Why is yeah. that such a common move among female fighters? <laughs> it, it, I, I, know, think but... a, I mean, I think it's a Japan thing. Yeah, I like, feel like every female, every fighting game has at least one female character with that move. You know? <laughs> yeah, uh, prove us wrong, internet. <laughs> but, but I mean, but the game is shaping up to be super cool. Um, I found out yesterday that the music for the game is uh, provided by T Lopes who did all of the music for um, uh, Sonic Mania, which came out a couple years ago, the fantastic like 2D Sonic game that, that came out. Um, he's, done, he's done a bunch of other stuff too, but like Sonic Mania is like the big one that he did recently. Um, and once I heard that, then I was like, okay, I can definitely hear T. Lopes music now. Um, and it sounds great. Like it's got a lot of the vibe that Turtles in Time had. Um, which is specifically like what they're going for. So I'm stupid excited. Uh, they also announced team attacks. So we see in the trailer that came out uh, that Leo like specifically like throws April like a bowling ball. Um, and uh, we got a confirmation that you can't revive other players if they go down. So it won't be like the old beat em up games where if you die, like you die, you use a, you use a one up. Um, for your quarters you use your quarters <laughs> i, I uh, assume can... this game was going to be sold with some sort of uh, adapter for your switch to put quarters into it but... <laughs> um but yeah so it i i'm stupid stoked for it um they kind of expanded on the uh what the game is coming out for they mentioned now uh pc on steam nintendo switch and consoles which has caused a lot of confusion. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the reason why they say consoles is just because they haven't officially confirmed that it's going to come to PlayStation or Xbox and stuff like that. Like there, this, I mean, like this isn't a game that's going to require you to have like the most powerful gaming system. Like, and you can, you can run this on the Nintendo switch. That's kind of the bare minimum. Um, so like them but them saying consoles not naming other ones specifically are just because they haven't finalized those deals yet um as we get closer to release and as those deals finalize they could they they will announce more consoles they'll just only announce the ones that they've locked in um like it could be playstation xbox could say no it both of them can say no it could be google google stadia like it was we don't know so they use the kind of vague term consoles to kind of get around that um so officially confirmed for pc through steam and on nintendo switch with other consoles to come uh anyone else telling you anything as of now as we are recording this on august 26th anything else is a rumor and not true Yes, so like my rumor here is that they've pushed it to 2022, right? So that is not a rumor, unfortunately. I mean, that's not that a rumor. is true. That that's is true. true. That's true. They um, have pushed so, it to 2022. So, it, but so I originally, I originally uh, missed that when I first posted it, and I did say it was coming out later this year. Um, but it is officially confirmed to be releasing in 2022. 
Yeah. You meant within the next 12 months. Potentially. Uh, I right. mean, within the next four months, because we're four <laughs> months away from 2022. I try to save your bacon is what I'm doing, man. Just <laughs> let me know. Do it. <laughs> uh, a, lot of, a lot of games that we're supposed to release in 2021 are pushed to 2022. You know, we are still in this global panini going on. So, it, you know, it, it sucks for everybody. But like, you know, you got to feel for these people who are trying to make things that we want to play. They want us to play their game. You know, but we also want everybody to be safe and to work in conditions that will provide that. We don't want any crunch going on in these games that we like. So uh, I'm, you know, totally fine with this game coming out in 2022. I've got other games I can play. Uh, that just means more time for them to make this the best possible Turtles beat em up game that, that it can be. Yeah. Well, the other, the other thing about that is like, are they adding more characters then and that's why they need a little bit more time like was april originally planned to also be a playable character or is that something so, that they decided after hearing i don't normally feedback? i don't normally normally like talking rumors yes uh, but this is totally I, rumor territory this is speculation mm-hmm. completely this is speculation speculate responsibly everyone uh i did notice and a couple other people have too that uh they updated the shredders revenge uh title screen that the kind of splash art um main art they added april to the uh to the right side of the image behind the turtles that makes it lopsided now and if you notice there is space on the left side of the turtles where michelangelo and donatello are facing so that seems to indicate that there might be one more playable character at least in the main campaign uh, because because you don't want to have lopsided art like that. Like if if it was, it, it wouldn't be balanced this way, artistically. If that wasn't the case. Now again, this is total speculation. It could just us be looking into things too deeply. However, I I do believe that we're we're due for one more character reveal, at least in the main campaign. Um, DLC characters coming down the line. That's a totally different discussion. And, you know, the sky's the limit on that. Um, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> I've got my fingers crossed for Casey Jones. Uh, Casey Jones is the favorites. Uh, my gut says Splinter, since Splinter was in the reveal trailer um, that yeah. April was in. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Oops. So Was Casey gut, in that? Casey was not in that. Uh, hmm, too bad. So my gut, my gut says Splinter, but yeah. I could definitely see Casey being um, DLC. Let's we'll keep our eyes and ears open. Uh, definitely. So, uh, like I said, there is a uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge Discord. Uh, it is popping. I'm having fun in there. I'm in there every day talking to people, um, talking to the de- the developers. Got some cool insight on why they can use certain characters and what they can't um but that's that's a whole different discussion i'd love to have with them later <laughs> um but yeah super cool head on over to that discord dot emu on twitter um at dot emu not dot emu at dot emu <laughs> um on twitter uh that's where you can watch the review trailer also on youtube um and also just released today also at gamescom um, a new update for Nickelodeon uh, All-Stars uh, Brawl. 
uh, the Smash Brothers-esque um, <laughs> Nickelodeon fighting game. Uh, April is also a playable character in that now. That's wild because they haven't even announced uh, Raph and Dawn yet, have they? It's only the yeah. blue and Mike, right? Which, which is kind of weird, but also at the yeah. same time, like, I'm okay with that because, like, the turtles are usually just palette swaps of each other anyway. Right. In, in fighting games, like... I mean, their look, yes, but their fighting moves because of their weapons, they end up being I mean, a little different. I barely, though. What? It kind of like depends it, on like how that game plays. Too, it really you know? like it really yeah. does because like the, uh, you know, like Injustice, they play pretty similarly. Just yeah. the animations are different. They mm-hmm. they do play pretty similarly, but their special moves are all definitely different and can be used differently. You know, Leo's definitely being the most useful and OP, but and yeah, they have and Donnie's f- usually got the range. Yeah, I mean, Donnie definitely has more range because of his staff, and Raph ends up becoming more of a rushdown character because of how short his range is. Mm-hmm. But so, but yeah, so for me, I originally was like, okay, like Nickelodeon All Stars Brawl, like it's cute. Uh, but now it's kind of shot up to my like, all right, I'm interested now. Uh, so I may pick it up for myself. When is that dropping? Do we have a firm release date? So uh, not a firm release date, but that is uh, currently sitting at Q4 2021. So that could be any time between now and uh, March 2022. Oh, wow. All right. But considering, considering we've seen, I mean, not finished box art for that, um, but like they've teased box art and they're selling, you know, uh, they're pre-selling the physical editions. Like I would say that's probably going to be a lot sooner than Shredder's Revenge. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, I mean, what it's, it's, it's been wild just having like April of all characters be announced for two very different games. Like within hours of each other. (laughs) I I mean, yeah. Like within a day of each other. Like, to quote Dr. Doofenshmirtz from Phineas and Ferb, like, if I had a nickel for every time that April was announced for a video game, like, I'd have two nickels, but it's very weird that it happened. Yeah, which isn't a lot, but it's very weird that it's happened this many times. I'd have two nickels, but it's very weird that it happened twice. (laughs) Like, it, it, it's wild. Like, and they're both very specifically, like, the 87 aesthetic April. I'm hesitant to say that Shredder's Revenge takes place in 87 um, because none of the other video games took place in 87. They all just kind of used 87's aesthetic. Yeah. So, like, because there's been a lot of, like, dudes, like, well, April's April's not a fighter. That version of April's not a fighter. And it's, like, it's a beat-em-up game. Who cares? Yeah. Like, honestly, <laughs> it's not that good. Let's go ahead and plug... Rescue Palooza again. We haven't done that for a while, but the fan so, game so Rescue, Rescue Palooza, Palooza to, to tide you over until Shredder's Revenge comes out. I yeah. mean, yeah, absolutely. Rescue Palooza is great. Um, there's been a lot of a lot of um, I don't want to say pushback on Shredder's Revenge because of Rescue Palooza. There's been a lot of dialogue of like, oh, what is this game going to do that Rescue Palooza didn't? And it's like, well, they're they're two very different games. Like at their core, they are both turtles beat 'em up games. 
but like rescue palooza is very specifically like the old school ones mm-hmm. like it is built on like the mechanics of manhattan project mm-hmm. like down to its its coding is built on that games very specifically like this is of much more modern style like combo driven uh up game like very a lot closer to streets of rage than like the old turtle games ever mike i yeah. think we lost you <laughs> you drop your phone no i know sorry I, I, can you hear me now yeah yeah Okay, sorry, I knocked my phone down. <laughs> hey, called it. <laughs> but uh, where did you know, I, I mean? Where did I cut off? I don't know. I'll just I'll just fill in from here wherever you cut off. It was. Yeah. You're saying it's very akin to Streets of Rage, and yeah, Streets oh, okay. of Rage, like it adds flavor like, to your fighting game. So you're not just spamming the one button over and over again. Like you're actually trying to build combos and actually think about what you're doing so that it doesn't get incredibly bland. <laughs> Yeah, like we very like we very specifically see April in her reveal trailer doing moves that like no one had ever done in any of the old beat 'em up games. Like mm-hmm. she's she's doing rushdowns, she's doing like like I said, she's doing uh, Chun Li's up you know up triple kick, and it's like we've never seen that before in the other turtles fighting games. Like even Risky Palooza doesn't do that. So that just kind of tells you, like, this is a very, very different game mechanically. And it's a much, like I said, it's a much more modern style beat-em-up game. So, yeah. I mean, like, it's okay to compare the two, like, but, but you can only really compare them, like, kind of superficially. You can't say one's better than the other because they're two very different experiences. Well, and one isn't out yet. So and also yeah, exactly. one isn't, yeah. and also one isn't out yet. Like so so to kind of poo-poo, yeah. you know, Shredder's Revenge, like it I mean, honestly, like if you're gonna compare it superficially like that, then I think Shredder's Revenge looks incredibly better than Rescue Palooza. And I've played Rescue Palooza, I've beaten it, I love it. But it's also like it's mostly just redrawn sprites. Like it, that's all that's all it is. Mm-hmm. And this is and this is nothing to say bad about uh, Merso who developed it. Like this is it's a fantastic game that he built or they built. It's just you can't really compare the two fairly. So I don't. Yeah. And I'll and I'll have words with anybody that does. Like. <laughs> yeah. Cool. But so. yeah, the only other news that I can think of. Uh, is that the last Ronin number four did get pushed back to September twenty second? But on <laughs> I feel like I, I feel like again, like wasn't it already at September twenty yeah, second? I think it was 22nd. September twenty second. It got moved up to the eighth. Now it's back to the twenty second. I believe. Yeah. So I think Which... I think I think officially it had never moved to the eighth because I saw I did see. So Tom Waltz was the one who confirmed that it is going to be September twenty second, mm-hmm. but. Uh, and Ben Bishop was the one who confirmed, who, who had said that it was going to be the eighth. And then when uh, somebody tagged Ben in Tom's uh, comment thread about it, uh, Ben kind of hinted that that's what he thought. Yeah. Well, so it, it doesn't look like it was ever like official, official. Well, and it's got to be a problem with printing, uh, which might mean that because I think I just saw that uh, there's a whole bunch of comic book shops that have reordered 
uh, the last order number for today that like there's reorder numbers that are coming out like pre reorder, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Mm. That uh, there's comic book shops that have been reordering issues, and the highest one right now is last run at number four. So awesome. I imagine that because they have to print so many, and because they probably just got even more orders, that they might be having to stack up even more on top of it. But that's speculation. I don't know why exactly it's staying at the 22nd or if it ever moved from the 22nd. But they did say it was being sent to the printers a few weeks ago. So a couple of weeks ago, like one or two weeks ago. But, which is uh, awesome. Yeah, no, which is way <laughs> awesome. No, I'm super excited. So the 22nd, Tom Waltz, of course, says that it's not 100%, but it's pretty looking very likely. Very, it's very, all, very it's likely. All but, all but locked in. Yes, it's all but locked in for the 22nd. Cool. So, Spencer, what are we doing next week? Next week, we're going to continue our City at War run. We're going to be reading issues... 54, 55, and 56. So that's going to be part, we just finished part four today. So part five, six, and seven of City at War. You know, in retrospect, it would have been a lot easier on us if Peter and Kevin had started with issue 51 being the start of City at War. But you can't win them all. (laughs) But speaking of winning them all, uh, guys, Every one of you that listens to this, you're a winner. And we're winners because you listen to us. And we love you. So please continue to listen. <laughs> if you like the show, let us know somewhere on the internet. You can hit us up at Ninja Turtle PH on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, you know, if you like the show, leave a review on wherever you're listening so that it helps people find the show, helps us kind of learn what you think of the show, what we can change, what we can add. Um, if you want to send us your art, because we retweet art, you know, we have Fan Art Fridays. Um, we'd love to share other Ninja Turtles uh, art on the internet somewhere. So let us know. Um, and uh, yeah, guys, we love you. Thanks again. All right. So that's our show this week. Thank you again for listening. Until next time, Cowabunga, dudes. Cowabunga. It's like a maelstrom of violence. <laughs>
I sense a maelstrom of violence. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Yeah. I guess I could have included that in the, the second time around, but that's uh, it's fine. Now it's here in the bonus content where we talk. Yeah. About random stuff that comes up. Uh, I, so, yeah. Oh, man. So many dudes got heated over April being in the game. I only saw like two or three. Oh, you don't have notifications turned on. That's true. I guess you got all the ones for all the groups you shared it into. I don't get those ones, just the ones for the page. Yeah, I got mm-hmm. I got all the ones for the groups I shared it to, and like you know, to my to my fault or whatever. Like I do go in there and I try to respond to everybody. Like yeah, you know, I just I try to provide as much information as I can and context uh, because I I hate misinformation. And, you know, a lot, there's a lot of casual fans out there and it's like a lot of them, like so many dudes just got mad at like, just kind of irrationally that like only the switch and the PC are confirmed right now. And it's like, a lot of them are like, Oh God, release it on a real console. And it's like, well, the, the switch is a real console. It is the top selling console. Like release. Why would they release it on a PS5 when nobody can buy one still? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just but, that angry minority on the internet that that's always very vocal whenever something upsets them. <laughs> oh yeah. And then like but like it's also dudes like acting like April took a slot, you know, like oh it should have been Casey. And it's like I mean yeah, but like also April's a bigger character than Casey. Like I get we yeah. love I get we love Casey. Like I get it. But Casey's not in like april is the fifth character like april is above splinter in some cases especially in like this universe like casey was only in what five four five episodes yeah, of the somewhere around there cartoon? yeah and so. it, yeah ex- exactly and it's like why why would they put casey in before april and it's like and and dudes just were reducing her down it's like oh well she's a damsel in distress and it's like okay well she's not anymore yeah. like why why does she have to be like don't put her in your bubble man yeah i mean the thing for me is like i i personally am a huge casey jones fan like i would have been way more excited if they announced casey jones over april definitely well, I mean, because yeah. like i love casey jones and april's you know like i like april but she's definitely not like favorite like casey jones is but at the same time i don't know it, it's one of those things where it's like i'm not going to get upset over her. you know what it is? you know what it is you know what it is you never had a childhood crush on April. That's it. <laughs> Not this version of April. Not this version. Of April. <laughs> no, I, mean, I didn't really yeah. have a childhood crush on any version of April. But uh, see, mm-hmm. there you go. There okay. you go. But yeah, that's that's why that's why you don't care. I guess so. But, <laughs> but it's it's. I mean, like, just the the amount of dudes just getting heated about it was just like really kind of sad. Like. Um, it, it just really kind of disappointing. Yeah, that's kind of why I hate the like hype news that society has moved to. Like, I just want I want the game to come out and then I will judge it based on the game. I don't need all the like hype up to it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, but they in this in this case, like, I get it because they had they had to do something because the game's getting delayed. Mm-hmm. You know, because like I even had the screenshot of them saying like releasing later this year like i've had that saved on my phone because so many people were asking when is the game releasing 
and I would just repost the screenshot. Like, so I, I get them having to kind of do something since the game was going to get delayed. Yeah. But just the, the amount of, I don't know, it was just, it was just kind of sad all around. Like, I don't like seeing that in, in our community. Like, I yeah. expect us to be better. I do like that they showed Rat King, but what's up with that crying, crying head? <laughs> it's, it's been bugging I, me. It's I like sitting gonna, on the foot ski in the back. Really I was going to ask them. I was going to ask them about it, and I didn't get to. So I'm sorry. You may it's just okay. have to learn when we play the game. You know, maybe we'll defeat I, I know, yeah. for that moment. Yep. I don't know. You, you, you're making me eat my own words there, Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to see. So, yeah. So speaking yeah, speaking I've, of. Totally. I'm, I'm looking forward to finding out. Me too. Yeah, like speaking of like beat 'em up games, like I just got my um my physical version of Scott Pilgrim in. Mm-hmm. Like it finally got to me this week, and like I am so ready for Shredder's Revenge. Oh yeah, no, like, also, I, like I'm I'm genuinely excited for uh, All Star Brawl now. Yeah, I'm still mediocrely excited for it. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things where I still like might check it out. I don't know. But I, I still have like two Pokemon games coming out from between now and Shredder's Revenge. I'll probably I mean I am I am getting all stars. I, I am getting Ar- Arceus, yeah. but but yeah, like it's just uh it, it's it's neat. And like mechanically, it looks really good. Mm-hmm. Like I'm genuinely surprised how much effort they're putting into it. Like, I mean, it, it is blatantly a Smash Brothers clone. Like, yeah, 100%. Well, I think more than anything, Nick is like really realizing that the money now from kids is in video games. Like, mm-hmm. there was there's a little bit ago where they just talked about how. It was like on, I don't know, someone posted a link to this thing talking about us. And so that's why I ended up watching it. Normally I wouldn't tune into a bunch of suits talking about the the suits side of of kids' cartoons and things. But uh, they did have like the Nickelodeon CEO guy or one of those guys uh, on like C, CSNBC or whichever one it is, the business one. Uh, and he, he talks about how people, you know, now they want to, you know, ride the ride and buy the, buy the t-shirt merchandise and things more so than just watch the show. And so I think they're kind of realizing that, yeah, it's like, you've actually got to not just put out video games, but like put out video games that are actually decent. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, like video games, video games as a business, like they've evolved so much, like Granted, like we still get shovelware games and stuff. And for the longest time, like Shredder's Revenge absolutely could have been a shovelware game. Yeah. Um, and so it's 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 a little weird. Um, but like it, it is good to see them like making that effort, putting putting the effort into making these games. And like sometimes sometimes the weird thing like weird licensed game can be super good mm-hmm. like i'm trying to think like going back to um uh what was it the middle earth games um shadow of mordor like that's that's a that's a 100 like licensed game but the amount of effort 
like they put into it just made it a phenomenal game and it wasn't it's one of my favorite ps4 games like i still pop it in every now and then yeah i have other games to play and sometimes i will go back to that you know for years we've had kind of mediocre batman games and then all of a sudden the arkham games come out so like it it could come out of nowhere that this could be like (laughs) i don't want to say that like it'll be at evo like the the fighting game tournament but like (laughs) it would be really funny to see like april be like someone's main in evo (laughs) 2022 I would honestly just love to see a Nickelodeon fighting game somehow become like, you know, esports level competitiveness. Yeah, I'm gonna hear how OP uh, Powdered Toast Man is. Yeah. yeah, that would be. Yeah, exactly. Like, I want to. I want to. Need to nerve him. Yeah. I want to know. I, I want to know what tier April's in. Like, is she? Is she like Kirby tier? <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that would be funny. Oh, oh I forgot. To, I forgot to mention it during news. My whole uh rise movie thing uh the fact that they uh haven't announced it for the end of the yeah year. all right so if, if you guys are still listening to the bonus content at this point uh i forgot to mention it in the news um so netflix did uh their whole like they did a, like a tweet thread of all of the movies releasing throughout the rest of 2021 um and unfortunately the rise of the tmnt movie is not on that list now, that doesn't mean that the movie 100% is not coming out in 2021. Uh, it just means that it still does not have an official release date. So, kind of kind of sucks. Um, but it is what it is. You know, I, I, from, from what the crew has said, like, the movie is basically done, you know, other than just putting some finishing touches on it. Um, but the cast, you know, they recorded the movie last year, so the vocals are all done. You know, it's I, I can't imagine that the movie's not going to come out. It just does suck that there's no news about it, especially now because like it's been a year since Rise's finale, so it would have been nice to kind of revisit them on the anniversary. Yeah, well, just keep being patient. I'm sure it'll come out. Yeah, like I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure Fingers it'll crossed, come out. Right? I'm, I'm sure it'll come out. Um, this just gives me time to to get through the second season of it. Got there it you go. First, which yeah. which isn't on Paramount Plus for some reason. Like they finished the first season, but like season two is still not on there. Yeah, that sucks. Got my ways. But I gotta like, I gotta <laughs> think it's gotta, I gotta think it's something to do with Paramount Plus because like all these deals were made before Paramount Plus was even mm-hmm. like a concept. Oh, I'm sure there there's talk behind doors going on somewhere about this. So like, yeah. So like, if it if it <clears throat> dropped as like a Paramount Plus exclusive, that would be cool. Um, especially because I have Paramount Plus now. <laughs> but um, but because it was specifically part of that like Netflix three film deal, like I don't know, but hmm. it'll be interesting. I hope it does come out. Yeah, I'm really hoping Paramount Plus starts actually like putting out some good content because right now the only thing I use it for is 2003 Ninja Turtles and Argentine soccer, and that's it. That's which that's all I watch on there. Speaking <laughs> of, I did pick up watching again Argentine soccer. Oh yeah, really? <laughs> Who's your favorite no, I, team? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, uh, Ar- you know, it's South Africa. They're great. 
<laughs> what? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 it's not even the right I, continent. I, I, <laughs> that's a geography I, I, problem yeah, right there. Yeah, that's yeah. not even sports. Right. No, oh, Argentine. Yeah. Argentine. I, oh, Argentine. Those guys. <laughs> no, I I had an ex girlfriend that from South Africa who was very into um, the World Cup. Uh, <laughs> that was my only relationship with like international soccer. Yeah, my favorite team um, is San Martin, but from San Juan. But they've recently been really oh yeah B League. So oh th- that's my favorite team right there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I was going to ask me, but that's what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah they've, no, they've been I, relegated I, to the B League, though, because they kind of suck, but I love them. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> I, I understand that because I've been watching Ted Lasso. I know exactly how that works. <laughs> I picked up my I picked up my uh, my 2003 rewatch again. Uh, so, unfortunately, the episode that I picked it back up on was the Nano episode that I hate. Yeah. I love that episode. So, push through it. <laughs> I know, I know you do. I pushed through it. Um, but man, yeah, I just, I really do hate that episode. What a great character and uh, a terrible episode. Two things can be true, okay, you know. It is, it is interesting. Um, because I, I did think it was pretty funny that like the woman that was working on, um, the woman that was working on Nano, mm-hmm. like she was kind of like. Oh, it's got the mind of a of a three year old, like, and I was trying to think. Like, it was it was interesting to think like why it had the mind of a three year old. Oh, it's because they wanted to learn and stuff. Um, but then she was like immediately like, I gotta kill it, <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, oh, that's that is, and and it was funny because like watching that episode, it is very much a Peter Laird story. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah like 100 percent. so yeah no i i already mentioned that you know i really like nano the thing about the 2003 series all right is that it has out of all the cartoons it's got the most unique villains they're not all necessarily good or you know they're not necessarily (laughs) all bad either yeah but they are still the most unique just putting that out there I i don't even i don't even know if they're that unique like a lot of them feel like gargoyles ripoffs. I mean, I don't know. I didn't really. I never watch watched gargoyles. gargoyles. Oh, you guys I, I watched a little bit. You know, I had the, I had watch, the creepy crawlers. Watch gargoyles, and then go back to two thousand three, and I guarantee you, you're going to see a lot of similarities. Well, anyway, especially especially in the non Mirage episodes. Okay. I think that's I think that's where you'll see a lot of that same like because same as it never was is very reminiscent of a gargoyles episode called Future Tense. Hmm. Interesting. So anyway, <laughs> guys, thank you for listening to the bonus content. It's yeah. been fun. Yeah, I need to get off here. It's getting a little late for me. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah I definitely should get going. Yeah. All right, guys, catch you next week. Take care. Do you want to do the same order as last time? Uh, yeah, let me let me go next. That way, like I capped that's this last issue, and then I'll do the first issue. You do it backwards. Uh, yeah. Only because I have issue fifty-four in physical form, so I want to read it like that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we'll do it backwards then. Okay. Mike. Cool. So Mike will be fifty-four. I'll be fifty-five, and Spencer fifty-six. Is that yep. right? Cool. Shaboom. 
All right. I'll talk to you all next week. Talk to you next week, guys. Take care. Take care. Bye.